Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey guys, it's Mike here. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up before the podcast starts. We did an emergency episode last night where we talked about the two big news stories of the week in beer. Widmer Brothers Brewing closing their tap room and Sarah Vesa being sold. We also had Sarah Peterson on the podcast last night on the one that we released talking about why she chose to sell Sarah Vesa. So this is an in the Bruce podcast, but we recorded it a couple days before all those stories broke. So if you haven't heard yesterday's podcast yet, go listen to that and then take in this podcast, which talks about some other news in the beer world, including another brewery that's for sale. So there's still more of uh, relevant news in this one, but the big stories are in the podcast we dropped yesterday and as always, thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into another edition of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We are going to be doing... Uh, the second edition of In the Brews. In the Brews. Which was the official name that many people chose as their preferred name between In the Brews and In the Booze. Uh, only one vote for In the Booze. The rest were In the Brews. So I'm like, okay, uh, you demand it. We'll give it to you. Whatever you want. Uh, so the second edition of In the Brews is coming up on the podcast today. A little bit more of a positive In the Brews as uh, we've just got some kind of beer calendar stuff and cool anniversary things going on there is you know a little a little negative there is one brewery that may be shutting down as well as uh, some stuff going on with the government shutdown as well so that's all coming up in the brews remember you can find us all over the place radio.com 1080thefan.com itunes google play stitcher social media i'm at mike lynch 27 on twitter patrick's at p diddy 085 on instagram that's where we post the podcast usually multiple times a week and you can react to them and chat with us there about the various topics and uh, before we dive in like we normally do just give a little shout out to what we had this week anything unique and interesting uh, I, I can start because I, I did have a it was like a fun game with myself that I did this weekend watching some football mm-hmm. and was at the supermarket prior to getting home to watch the games and I saw two different beers both from Bend okay uh, that had basically the same name Sun River's Cocoa Cow and Crux's Cocoa Stout. And I went, well, I'm going to try both of these and just see what the difference is. Yeah. Because they're both cocoa in the name and they're both very similar. Mm-hmm. So the Sun River one was a milk stout. And it basically, to me, just tasted like adult alcoholic chocolate milk. Yay. It was delicious. Yay. Uh, and then Crux's had a little bit more... I'm not sure if this is the right way to put it. It didn't taste as much like chocolate as it tasted like, what is it, cacao, the mm-hmm. the kind of the natural chocolate flavoring. Yeah, the nibs. The nibs. It tasted way more like that, which kind of made it a little bit more, uh, I guess, diverse in its flavor because it, it wasn't just like, hey, I'm drinking chocolate milk, but it's beer. It was, whoa, there's this flavor, and there's this flavor, and there's, there's this flavor. And they said in that beer they actually used chocolate three ways. They had chocolate malts, they used cocoa nibs, 
And they also did something else with chocolate in the brewing process. But it wasn't a milk stout? It was not a milk stout. So it wasn't as creamy? No. It was a regular, regular quote-unquote stout. American stout. American stout. But I was just, I thought it was really fun to try those side by side because I was like, this is... This is going to test my palate because they're both supposed to be chocolate beers, but let's see how they are. And I, I was pretty proud of myself for distinguishing all the little differences in them. I've tried to spend, so I've spent the last few days, uh, you know, at one of my local drinking establishments, and they tend to be, you know, a place that has a lot of like different new stuff, like constantly, you know, what's fresh on the market, what's what's grabbing people's attention, but it's kind of made me long for the staples, especially in the IPA world. Uh, and one of the places I like go to Miller frequently, no, like IPAs, <laughs> uh, it made me kind of like reminisce on some of this stuff. So I was really excited cause I was there the other day and you know, they had Wanderlust on, I drink Wanderlust all the time. So I wasn't that excited. You know, I had one great beer and that keg kicked and the next beer on was Pallet Jack from Barley Brown. And I was like, okay, if we drink this Pallet Jack, what's next? You know, so it started reminding me of like all these like flagship IPAs from the state of Oregon. Like, what's next? Is a Boneyard RPM next? Because if so, like, I'm super jacked. Like, let's keep this train. It's almost like the OG IPA of like five years ago. Yeah. Like, what were the ones dominating the market five years ago? I'm like now obsessed with finding those beers and drinking those beers again. That's cool. I also did the Hop House IPA challenge. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. How did, did you get your results back? I that? did get my results back. So I've explained before. if I didn't know what it was. So yes. explain before we go into and, your results. And this, and this is kind of, you know, a little in, in the brews kind of kind of note as well. I, I highly suggest checking it out because it's not easy. I went down to the Hawthorne Hop House where they have 12 different IPAs on voted by, you know, the, the, their, their fans of which one they, they got a huge list and they pared it down to 12. And you blindly taste all 12 of them and try to guess what they are, just that, for fun. That sounds damn near impossible. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it's not easy. And last year, I did it last year, and they, uh, let's see, they gave you six at a time. So you did six, and they told you which six those were, but you had to oh, guess between those six. That makes it a little and easier. And then you did the second round. Yeah, this year, it was just all 12 at once, which made it not easier. <laughs> um, and... So, yeah, and it's cool. Are you allowed to research the beers beforehand? Yeah, I mean, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Right, because you can look it up and say, like, oh, this is supposed to have this, 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 and this flavor. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's still going to be tough, but you can then go, oh, I taste a little bit of this in here. That seems like this beer that I looked up. I mean, some of them you've probably had before, and you might be able to recognize it, but... For me, doing an IPA challenge, I bet you there was probably half on there that I've never even touched before. Yeah, and I th- this is probably what got me on to like, thinking of these older, not, I don't want to say old, but you I mean, in Barley it. Brown's case, it's older, but I mean, just these kind of staples that were around. I think in beer years, it's pretty old. Yeah. So, uh, these older. these are the beers they had. Culmination Phaedrus, Bowie IPA, Crux Gimme Mo, Sun River Vicious Mosquito, Freem IPA, Barley Brown Pallet Jack, Migration Straight Out of Portland, Fort George Vortex, Breakside Stay West, Ex Novo Elliott, Gigantic IPA, and Boneyard RPM. Mm, I actually have had almost all of those. That's a great list. That is a great list. Yeah, those those are all like pretty easy go-to IPAs. You know, my favorites on those, I, I love Phaedrus, I love Vicious Mosquito, Pallet, Freem, Elliott. Frankly, all of those are good. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, it, it was, it was not easy. I'll tell you that. I took notes. I like wrote little notes down. They give you oyster crackers and some water so you can try to help cleanse your palate. I took some notes and I'm very, I got my results back, 
but they didn't tell me what I got right. So I have to wait until because they don't want you. They don't want to tell you. Oh, like, they don't want to help the answer. So then you can give it to you, or I can go do it again. Because you can do it as many times as you want. Otherwise, I would go. Otherwise, I would go do it again, and I would have all the answers, and that's right. not really fun. Right. But I took notes, so I'm really excited to see when that's done. Um, so how many did you get right? I got one right. <laughs> I got one right, and I had to stay west at work before I did it too. Like I literally drank a pint of Stay West and went there and searched for the Stay West, and I probably got it wrong. That's amazing. Yeah, last year I got four out of twelve. And were they there were different beers last year? They, a lot of the, a lot of the same. There were some repeats. The there were a couple beers on the list last year that didn't make it this year, which kind of made me sad because I actually started really liking those beers. Was uh, Shanghai the Shanghai IPA from Old Town? Yep. Um, which is more of an English IPA, so it's a little more malty. That one stood out really obviously in the in the taste. In the tasters last year, I got that one right. And Ruse Translator. Those are probably the two that weren't on the list last year that I wish were on this year. Sticky Hands was on last year, but I don't know if we need to be like slamming pints of Sticky Hands. Also, I feel like Sticky Hands is a really easy one to catch. Well, it's a double, yeah. Yeah. And you're just and like, it's just like mm. hoppy. Yeah, but there's there's a specific flavor to it mm-hmm. that you're like, oh yeah, that's a Sticky Hands. I got yeah, it. I got four right last year. I think I got Boneyard RPM, Translator. Shanghai from Old Town, and um, Phaedrus from Culmination. Mm. I did not get Breakside Wanderlust. I did not get Free My PA. I did not get Sticky Hands. I did not get Barley Browns. Yeah. Are you getting, I imagine as you're drinking more of this, you're getting a little bit more tipsy, and it's probably harder to keep your- uh, It wasn't that bad. I Whenever I do that kind of stuff, I don't like- Force myself to finish it. Like right. some of them, I mean, I do taste... they give you just little tasters? Yeah, you got you probably got four ounces. Um, but I mean, what's four times twelve? Booyah, forty-eight. Yeah, I mean, so. it's a decent amount of beer. Yeah, but some of them, you know, just weren't kind of. To be honest, weren't kind of tasting very good. And so I kind of had to huh. look at the list and unfortunately judge people and <laughs> choose that was your beer. Um, there is a beer on this list that is in contention for the vile Timbers beer that continues to haunt my life. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, and I thought I tasted it and was like, oh, no. No. Get away from me. I will find you and I will destroy you. (laughs) I will never, ever, ever support you again. Yeah, so if that's the one I got right, then, yeah, I'm done. I will never drink that again. Okay, well... I'm actually kind of fascinated by that as an idea. Yeah. I'd like, it doesn't have to be IPA challenges. It could be any style. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be really fun if a lot of places did that. I'd love to try that. That'd be cool. Yeah, I know uh, Mike, the guy who owns and runs uh, Florida Room, he does, I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's a hilarious derogatory way to uh, taste all domestic beers. Oh. And like domestic American lagers. Right. And figure out what's what, like Rainier, Olympia, PBR, Coors Light, Bud Light. And then he does a little challenge with it. And then if there's a tie at the end, you now go to a Mexican standoff where whoever gets the most right of the Mexican lagers wins. Oh, that's pretty yeah, cool. That's like your overtime. Look, I, these are great ideas. Yeah. Why have I not heard of these before? I don't know. I want to yeah. do them now. Yeah, I was really, I'm really frustrated that I only got one right. Um, but at the same time, it's hard. I mean, I say this all the time. If you, I remember you told me after you did it, you were like, dude, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I know, know these beers, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just tough, but especially if you're trying to look at it like appearance wise. Because if you put, you know, two beers that I'm around all day, every day, Breakside IPA and Wanderlust, those beers are, are different colors. But if you put them in a three ounce sample size, they look the same. 
but you put them in a full pint, one's clearly darker than the other. And that makes it even harder. Yeah. And you got all 12 at once. Right. Exactly. So did you actually do like, we'll move on in a second, but did you actually stick to one and kind of, I know you said you didn't finish them all, but do a couple of sips of one so you could keep writing notes or did you just kind of go one sip down the line of each to try to distinguish differences? I did a couple sips of each and then wrote some notes to myself. Like, is it fruity? Is it hoppy? How bitter is it? Are there any flaws in this? And that's kind of how I went. You know, if something was, I mean, maybe I got this one right, but I wrote to myself, this is the driest one on the board. Freem IPA to me is the driest IPA of all these beers. To me, that has to be Freem. Like, right. I found a, a major characteristic to it. Like, ooh, this one was really citrusy. In my recollection, Boneyard RPM can be very citrusy. It's got to be this. Um, no, apparently only, not. Only one of them's right. Only one of them's right. I will be curious about which one. I hope it's the one. bad beer. I hope it's the bad beer. <laughs> Just so you know. Just so I know. For the rest of your life. Uh, okay, let's move into In the Brews. Remember, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you find us. We really appreciate it. Uh, love reading your reviews on, on iTunes, which is the one that I can access from my phone. And, uh, again, keep interacting with us on social media as well. But let's get into our second edition of In the Brews. Where do you want to start, Patrick? You got some good news. You got some iffy news. You got some bad news. Where do you want to start? Um, I think I think it's best if we start on probably the biggest news that's going around right now. Okay. Um, if you... You know, you and I agree with this, are pretty pretty similar in this, and we try to bring this on the podcast. We definitely do this on our radio show as well. So I don't really like talking about politics. Nope. Like, this is a beer show. We're not here to talk about politics. Like, Mike and I dabble in baseball as well. We like to talk about baseball. We don't like to talk about BS off the field stuff. But this is something serious. With As, we all know, as we're all aware, the government is currently shut down right now yep. for reasons that you all can decide on your own are fair or foul. However, this also shuts down all bureaus and agencies that affect really kind of anything, yeah. including the TTB, the Trademark Bureau, which anytime a brewery wants to release a new beer and slap a new label on it, it has to be approved by the United States Trademark Bureau. And nobody is working there mm. right now. So nobody hmm. can get their labels approved. That's interesting. Yeah. Like right now, you know, on a, on a personal level... For for us, you know, we got we got a big imperial bourbon barrel aged stout ready to come out that we need labels to be approved for, sort of thing. And I'm sure other people are running to this as well. If you do if you do a lot of seasonals and stuff like that, you got to get that okay. And it's basically by them saying, okay, like there's no there's no graphic language on it or graphic art on it or um, you know you're not selling it in a way that like kids would want it. You know, like you can't be like this tastes like ice cream. Stuff like that. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. It's like the uh, it's like the uh, FCC, basically, but for a trademark, right? But for for a label on beer, that's interesting. Because I mean, I still have seen new beers being released, and you see them on shelves, and they're mm. new, and or at least I haven't seen them before. Does that mean that they had worked ahead, and that they had gone to this bureau? Back before the government shut down, probably, and we're I mean, like, "Hey, we're releasing this in February. Can we? We're just going to do this now, and then we'll release." Yeah, it in them approving stuff is not something that happens overnight. I mean, it is the government, right? Exactly. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. Yeah. So yeah, some people are just ahead of the curve, and I wouldn't be shocked if some people are just going to say, "Screw it, I'm doing it anyway." And then what happens? Well, I don't know. Do you, there's no oversight, right? Because the the bureau's not working. Yeah, yeah. So like, what happens? Do you just get away with it, and they don't realize that it's a new thing? 
or are we too focused on other stupid things the government wants to do instead to care about beer can beer labels? I would imagine the latter. I feel like you could probably do it and just it would slip through because yeah. they're not checking every beer label to make sure. Right. And also don't underestimate people that make craft beer. Like you're not gonna stop people. Right. Like you start messing with our beer. S is going down. Right. I just, I, I have this picture in my head of whoever it is, random brewer A, is in his brewery and he's he's really excited. He just finished tasting the beer and he's like, yes, this is perfect. Going to go release it. You know, goes to the to the website or whatever the, the you said TTM is what it's TTB. called? TTB. TTB. Goes to the TTB and he goes, hey, I, need, I just need to trademark this beer. And he gets, yeah. This bureau is currently <laughs> shut down with the government. If you need trademarks or trademark help, sorry. <laughs> Please call again later. And he's sitting there going, this is the best beer I've ever made. I need to release this beer. Yeah. And I, I'm sitting there going, if that was me, my first thought would be like, well, bleep. What do I do? Right? I can't just not release this. It's sitting here in the, in the tank and ready to go. And then you're like, well, maybe I can wait like a week to see if the government stops being shut down. You know, maybe you keep your little patient. And then you're sitting there going, this has been weeks. Yeah. And it's not happening. Well, and, it, and it, I might just go ahead and do it. Because who's checking on little old me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. But what happens it, if you get caught? That's the problem. Yeah. I have no idea. I've I've never run into that situation before. I've never seen that situation before. I mean, this is stuff that, that you plan weeks months in advance because you've got to get it you've got to design the label you've got to get it approved by ttb and then you've got to print it that stuff doesn't just happen all overnight so it is a week-long thing weeks-long thing so if you're seeing stuff come out um they might have been ahead of the curve right also if it's like a seasonal like a seasonal release that a brewery only puts out one time a year if they're using the same labels they did last year that was still approved that's true yeah that's what i'm saying i'm yeah, talking do about that. brand new beers yeah brand new beers is where you get a little tricky yeah you know or if you've like rebranded if you've rebranded and you want new labels but it's the same beer you gotta go all you still gotta through. go yeah yeah because they want to make sure you know that you're not breaking any rules interesting well that is uh that is really really annoying yeah it's and... super annoying you can find there's a really funny segment uh colbert did on the late show about it um but unfortunately he uses like he has this like really funny kind of monologue about it, but he's using all these names of different like crappy domestic beers. Like someone please think of the yinglings sort of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's big beer, so it's not that great, but it is kind of funny. Um, and there was a big KGW piece about it too. Cool. Well, there's one real current in the bruise thing right there. Yeah. That's mad. That matters right now. All right. Let's yeah. Move. So if people could like go back to work and do your jobs, that way you don't upset us beer people. Right. There's a lot of people. Are you getting paid? No. Nah, you'll be fine. There's a lot of people you don't want to piss off in this country. Don't piss off beer people. Yeah. You don't want to piss off beer people. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's skip the really bad one for now and go to some good news in the middle here because that okay. is kind of frustrating and you know governmenty and politicky and it annoys people. What's uh, what's some good stuff going on? What's some cool stuff going on? Right uh, now? I think at the beginning of the year, what we get really excited about is all the breweries start releasing their beer calendars for the year of what they're going to do. Draft only, what they're going to package, um, and those are really cool. And a lot of people do it. It's become become kind of like the trendy thing, I would say. Um, so, like, I've seen Freems, and that one looks really exciting because they just got a ton of barrel-aged stuff coming out, whether it's sours or dark beers, stuff like that. And they always do, you know, a pretty solid job on those, so I'm excited to see those. 
Um, yeah, it's just kind of what everybody's plans are for the year. That's pretty cool. Yeah, has kinda, this been a thing? I would for say a while? the last two years or so, we've been getting these. Maybe a little longer, but it's like an actual calendar format, and it tells you, you know, is it a full like big calendar? Or is it more like a magnet refrigerator calendar? It's it's not like an actual calendar. It's just like a piece of paper that right. says, you know, January, okay. February. But I just thought it'd be cool. It'd be like <laughs> January, and they have their beer as the yeah, new picture. It's like, this is it. No, it's not an actual calendar. That would be rad, though. Um, <laughs> How many calendars would a brewer have for all the other brewers just like lining Yeah, right. But it allows you to kind of see, okay, this year we're going to do these beers year-round. And then these these beers that you like are seasonal. Like take Frame, for example. You know, they make that Down Under IPA, which is Southern Hemisphere hops that I love. I love, love, love that beer. And I can look at that and be like, oh, okay, it's coming out at this time, that time. I'm excited to see that. Uh, and barrel age releases and stuff like that, and it's it's been kind of a cool trend that it just kind of lets people know like this is what we're thinking for the year. Um, be ready, we're really excited about this. This will be out in January or uh, July, something like that. Um, but it also tells you, you know, some breweries will take seasonals and make them full year round, and that's kind of how you know you're like, oh, that beer's year round now. Ooh, I'm excited. Is it, or at least year round for this year? Right? Year round for this year. Right. Yeah, I think that's really cool. That's a that's something that we're going to do a marketing episode at some point in the future. That to me is great viral marketing. Easy. Because throw you, it on your Instagram account. Right. Yeah. People see it. And like you said about the down under one, it builds a buzz. Mm-hmm. You are ready for X date when that comes out and you're going to be in Hood River or at a store ready to go and, and, and try that beer again and get that beer again. It kind of creates this anticipation of, oh, I got to be ready for this. No matter what taste you have, right. you can find a date on that calendar and be like, yeah, can't wait for that date. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And that to me, that to me is great marketing to help push your brand further. Yeah. I just, I haven't seen those. So I guess if they're on Instagram, I mean, I'm not on Instagram. So. There you go. You're not on Instagram. No. That would help. I'm just a fuddy-duddy. Yeah. Uh, I just you could probably go to their websites too. I just don't take pictures. That's why I'm not on Instagram. I literally never take pictures anywhere. Well, you don't have to be on Instagram to like post stuff, but you can follow people. Well, I know, but that's even... it's like Twitter. Like people are on Twitter all the time and don't actually tweet. Yeah, but to me, the whole point of being on a social media platform is to participate in the social media platform. Ooh, dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of participating on social media I am not interested in. Yeah, but sometimes you got, you just kind of do it. I suppose. That's I how suppose. I feel anyway. So then that so then that kind of leads into, you know, some other fun things. Like that lets us know, you know, speaking of frame the reason I brought them up is, you know, in March we're getting six packs. Pilsner and IPA cans. That's exciting. Like really? Yeah. Like I'm going to be on a river this summer crushing cans of Pilsner from Freem? <laughs> Dope. <laughs> Sign me up. That's pretty exciting. I'll shotgun them if I have to just for funsies. Because like I'm used great. to I'm used to only seeing the kind of fancy bottles, the 500 mils. Yeah. yeah, I do love those bottles. They look great. Um, you know, I'm. I mean, it's. I mean, I still just pour everything into a glass. But if you are hiking, backpacking, camping, rafting, chilling on the beach, cans are are easier. They're lighter. They can crush down. They're still recyclable. Um, so that's cool. And I expect to see. I don't know if 2019 necessarily, but I expect to see. You know, a lot more people put more stuff in cans. I'm, I mean, we're already noticing that trend. We talked mm-hmm. about it in the bottle versus can episode. I would like to see those really highly regarded breweries that are still kind of maybe not stuck in their ways, but doing things the same way that they always have. I'd love to see them transition to more six packs or mm-hmm. more beer that's approachable for everybody or except, uh, not approachable, but reachable for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's not easy to find really good breweries no matter where you are in this area. Sometimes you got to really dig to find those places 
And if they could, I know it's it's money and it's tough sometimes, but I would like it if, if people followed in Freeman's footsteps and did more things like that, just because it'd be cool. Yeah. More, way more accessible, which I would like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cans, we've, we've, we've seen that that's the demand. And not to let, you know, the public dictate too much of what you do, but there is an aspect to it. You know, and, we, and I don't know if we talked about this in Bottles versus Cans, but, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, 22s are going the way of the dinosaur. Yeah. They are. People just don't want that much beer in a bottle. I think we did talk about that. I know yeah. you like that, <laughs> and I have no problem with it, but that's just because I'm used to it. Look, I'm, I'm evolving. I see what's in front of me, and I'm drinking what's in front of me. Since that episode, by the way, mm-hmm. I almost never drink out of the bottle unless it's like a little six-pack bottle. Yeah. I pour I pour everything I have into into a glass now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it tastes better. It's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then on that note as well, this is something I'm really excited about. Um, somebody we had on our very first episode. I always like to pay attention to anything John Harris is doing. And he's got his five-year anniversary. Five years around, tri- five trips around the sun, I think it's called, something like that. Um, but he's collabing with breweries that are super solid breweries for some what looks to be maybe uh i don't know if they're barrel aged necessarily but they look really great no they're not barrel aged um but they look really great he's collabing with brooklyn brewery firestone walker the breakside kids bells brewery and russian river wow so all over the country yeah yeah yeah. and and these are all like heavy hitters firestone walker and bells is big in the midwest russian river in california as well um Stuff like, let's see, there's a Tangerine Farmhouse Ale with Brooklyn Brewing. Okay. Um, Firestone Walker is a hazy double IPA. Makes sense with, with some, Firestone Walker. With some experimental hops. Uh, Breakside's doing a Nectarine Sour Ale, which will be really cool. Nectarines are awesome in sour beers. Uh, Bells will be a juicy IPA. And Russian River is a hoppy Belgian strong golden. Wow. That's cool. And that's going yeah. away from what... He does a lot of at Ecliptic, which is a lot of dark beers. None of those are dark beers. No, it's really exciting. IPAs, hazy IPAs. You got some sours on there. That that's very very interesting. I I I think I've said this before. I love when breweries collab with each other. Mm-hmm. It's just a show of the industry supporting each yeah. other, and you get interesting, different tasting beers because two different minds can come up with crazy ideas. Right. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really cool, and especially when John does it, um, I think yeah, it just kind of piques everybody's attention. And I think it's awesome that. He can do that with the big boys in the craft brewing world around the country, too. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, everybody respects the hell out of him. No, I know. But to me, the ecliptic brand hasn't, isn't Oh, huge, I see what you mean. But because of him, he can do that. But it's it's interesting because I don't think of ecliptic as, like, top, not top, but most popular Portland craft brewery, I guess. And I think of those as really mega popular craft breweries in their region. So it's cool that he's able to do that because he's John Harris. And... uh and kind of make those relationships. It's pretty badass. Yeah. I like that. So there's a lot of stuff to look forward to. Absolutely. A lot of positives. And then one negative. <laughs> well, you know, another one might bite the dust. Who knows? We'll see. And this um, is one that, to be honest, I thought was brand new. Uh, Yeah. Like ro- brand, By brand new, I mean like a year or two. Yeah, we're talking about Royale Brewing here. Royale's, yeah, man, they're probably two, maybe three years old. Oh, yeah, they've got to be at least three years old. Really? Yeah. I only started seeing them just because I remember my neck my, of the woods my, like a year ago. My job before this, my boss sent me out there once to taste their beer because a rep was coming by to try to push some of our some of their beer on us, and so I went out there and tried it. Um, they did they won a couple awards at Oregon Beer Awards last year, um, but I know that their place right now is currently for sale. Hmm. Um, they've got a they've they've got a huge spot down on Columbia 
next to what's that cidery? There's a cidery down there as well. And yeah, on the market. So if you're interested, that's so for there. sale as in you would buy the brewery? Yeah. Or buy the building? Uh the brewery. Okay. You'd buy the brand and the equipment and stuff like that. Interesting. That 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 one is weird to me. I mean, I I get it. You're you're newer. It's tough to break in sometimes, but you win awards. Yeah. I saw them on shelves. That's why I said I thought they were newer because I didn't start seeing them in my neck of the woods on shelves until about a year ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, who's I've never seen this brewery. And I looked yeah. at it and it was like, oh, this is Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. I'll I'll give it a try. Um, I'm just surprised because it's so soon. And if you win awards and people like you, that's it's hard. Well, some, sometimes it happens internally too, you know. Yeah, just remember there's a lot of other things that go on behind, yeah. you know, behind that bottle. Right. People might get tired of doing it or yep. there might be a difference in opinions right. or anything like that. Yep, bad marketing, bad investments, things like that. It could be a number of things. I don't know anything about this situation specifically. Um, but you know, I'd ho- I don't I don't want to see anybody go under. No. No, me neither. And I hope that it is purchased yeah. and the brand can continue to, to move forward so that we could see the change that happens and keep that brewery around. Yeah, they were, and they, they opened like a, a tap house, the Garrison Room in uh, St. John's. And I'm all about, as someone who used to live in St. John's, I'm all about that, that scene out there becoming like a cooler, bigger, better beer scene. You know, because Occidental was always out there, but it was kind of just them. And then Royale has a has a tasting room that's that's featuring their beers. And then the new Stormbreaker opens up, and you're like, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, and I, yeah. Well, there you go. I'd like to see that continue down there. There's our In the Brews for today. Edition number two. We'll do these every once in a while. We're not going to make it like a once a month thing, but probably every couple months we'll have another in the brews get you caught up on all the kind of news unless there's something breaking that happens yeah that we if there's something about. cool we're talking about then then we'll always do that but probably every couple months we'll, we'll do any one of these and uh keep you in the loop on some of the more newsy stuff in beer as opposed to what we're tasting and, and that kind of stuff so that's it for in the brews today coming up next we'll wrap up this sucker with beer of the week this is beers on us with mike lynch patrick harris Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We are into our Beer of the Week. And let me tell you, I'm a little bit nervous about the beer that you placed in front of me, sir. And uh, not nervous in a way that I'm, I don't think I'm going to like it, but nervous because I don't know what on earth to expect. The beer in front of me, and this was Patrick's choice this week, was Double Mountain Brute IPA, Sparkling Brute IPA. And on the side, it says a masterful blend of India pale ale fermented with French champagne yeast with kisses of apple honey aroma, dry and crisp, and oh, the bubbles. And I'm not just saying it like that because it's me. I'm saying that because there's five H's on the on the label <laughs> with me. So this is fascinating to me and kind of scary because I, I don't know what to expect. I've never had a brewed IPA. We've talked about it on the podcast before, being a style that is popular at the moment we've seen it all over the place but i haven't taken the plunge to try it yet so this will be my first time i'll be learning it with you yeah this is this is like a a new experimental style that's going around right now um but i think most people are using this enzyme to try to get what their what the goal is out of this and what i think this style is is trying to get to i'm not 100 sure what the point is of this style at the moment but uh we're basically trying to find the driest IPA possible, like how to dry this out and make it really crisp 
and bright, I think is what the goal is. Now, many people, like I said, are using this enzyme. These guys are actually using champagne yeast. Right. To, to where I do not think many people are using actual champagne yeast. Well, after my first sip, my guess is what you said. This is the driest IPA I have ever had. Mm-hmm. And to me, that I guess that's probably what they're trying to get out of it is let's see how dry we can go and keep an IPA flavor. And I'm going to admit, I'm having trouble right now breaking through that dry brute champagne flavor to taste the beer. Yeah. Um I get some sweetness. It's it like punch it it's it's at the end of the of the sip. You smell it, it kind of smells like a beer. You take that sip, you get a little sweetness, mm-hmm. and then it's like, "Hi, I'm a brute champagne. Yeah. You're not going to taste anything else anymore." And then it's really dry on the back end. Yeah, it's it's really rocking my world in the middle palate. Like it's almost almost it's like making my eyes water. A little bit and not in like a bad way necessarily, but it's almost it's almost like I don't know, have you ever chugged champagne before? I see what you're saying. Yeah. My eyes are now watering. Have yeah. you ever chugged champagne before? Yeah, it's a it's terrible not, decision. Yeah, it's a terrible decision. Yeah. And I just took a sip of this. I keep taking sips of this like I'm taking a sip of an IPA. That's maybe not the best way to drink this. Yeah, maybe so we gotta go like super tiny champagne yeah. fruit sips. Yeah, pinky up. Yeah, you gotta Thank you, Patrick. Yeah. Uh that's also Patrick from Spongebob reference, but you won't understand. No, no, because I've never seen that. But Patrick in Spongebob says, Pinky! Spongebob Pinky! So, it just fits. Maybe you gotta take this kind of nice and slow as if you're enjoying a fine evening on a leather-bound couch yeah, with some books in front of you and a fire (laughs) going, and you take a very, very small sip of the sparkling Double Mountain Brewed India Pale Ale (laughs) to add to your night. By the fire. Right yeah, away. I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe that is the better way to take it. It sure is bubbly. Mm-hmm. It sure is bubbly. It is bubbly. I think I'm getting the hop characteristic though. Now, I do think I am. The apple now, honey yeah. aroma. You know, I get that a little bit in the. In, I know that they say aroma, but I get kind of that fruity sweetness right at the beginning of my palate with this, and then. Like I yelled, it punches you with the with the champagne. But at the very end there of this last sip, I did get a little bit of the hop at the very very back end of the palate. It kind of popped through the champagne yeast. And I I've I've had many brute IPAs to this day. Um, again, I don't necessarily understand the style or what we're trying to get out of it. Um, but I've had a decent amount of them, and to be honest with you, most of them are not very good. Um. One that I've had that I did like. Von Ebert has one that I do like. Shout out to Sam and over there for doing that. Um, but a lot of them I've had I've just not really cared for. However, this could not be any different than all those other ones. Okay, good. This is very much its own beer. That's what I was going to ask is as someone who this is his first Brute IPA. This is not what I would expect, what you should expect if you taste another Brute IPA. What should I expect if I taste another Brute IPA? Uh, is it is it more IPA-y and yeah, less champagne Yeah, more body, less less actual Brute. Um, I think the Brute was a term used to describe the crispness and the dryness uh, of what the style was going for. Right. This like innovative style that's catching on is going for. This is actually like taking it to literal. Yeah. Yeah. It tastes like it. So, so I thought it'd be fun to just kind of. Play I'm, gla- with. I'm glad you brought it in because we've talked about this on the podcast. Like beer of the week is a week that we've had sometimes, and we really like it. But I also kind of enjoy just going into a store, seeing what's new, and saying, "Hey, let's try this together." And that's what I did. I was on my way here to do this, and I walked in, and it was popping at me on the shelf. So I like, 
<laughs> it was only go. five bucks. Yeah. You know, because you look at it, um, the, the design of the bottle is really great. It looks like I am not going to try to pronounce this because I will butcher it. Oh, I already closed uh, it. Um, but uh, it, it was like Veuve Chloroquat or something yeah, like that. It looks like one of those classic French champagne labels, the orange, and they just kind of made it a little double mountainy. There's a little kumquat. There's a little foil, uh, gold foil top on it. Um, so it's cool. It like it stands out. I know when I I know that hop, that that logo, that double mountain logo, yes. and I saw that and I was like. That does not look like a double mountain. No, it what does is not. That? But that's the double mountain logo. Yeah, it looks very similar to that champagne that we mispronounced almost certainly. And it is something else. I wish I would have known this existed before New Year's because it would have been fun. Oh, yeah. On New Year's to have this, maybe not in place of champagne, but alongside champagne. Yeah. Just as kind of a fun little different thing to taste. But this has, I will say this, now that I've had more sips of it. To me, this is a lot more layered than that first punch that I got. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens with most, not just beers, but drinks that you're tasting for notes like wine and, and liquor and stuff. The more you go into it, you'll find more stuff. But this isn't just a champagne bomb like it felt on my first sip. I I am now starting to pick up the hops in the back end. I think I wish they were there a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I wish there was a little more IPA character to this, but... Um, I'm starting to understand what they were trying to do here. Yeah, I started taking little sips, and it's a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, I'm it's taking a lot more pleasant. Too, yeah. Um, it is really bitter. Um, I don't know if you're catching that. I thought that was just the dryness. Too, yeah, it could be. It could be the dry. It could be both of them kind of complementing each other, masking each other. I don't know which direction I want to go with that. Um, but I do get some bite. This is this is crazy. I would love to put this in champagne flutes for New Year's. Yeah, and 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 actually like. Pass it around the room and not tell anyone it's beer. Yeah, and see what happens. Yeah, that could this be that'd a be a really fun. But it's kind of champagne, I guess. That'd be a really fun experiment. Well, next year, my friends all love Double Mountain, so maybe I can. And by the way, this does not have the Double Mountain house flavor that we talked about. It in does it. not. It no, does not. I cannot. Uh, I cannot drink this and go. Ah, oh, yes, I'm drinking a Double Mountain beer. Well, the problem is, Mike, is you couldn't have had this for New Year's because it was bottled on January one. Ah, well, cool. Buy one now, save it for New Year's. I wouldn't do that either. No, I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> Not with hobby As I stuff. said that, I went, yeah. no, no, no. No, don't do that. I wonder if this thing, if you sat on this for a while, though, I wonder with the champagne yeast, could this thing like ever explode? <laughs> I don't think so. I would hope not. I don't I'm being, think so. I'm being silly. Yeah, I, I, I would I would hope not. You're, it's sitting in your cellar somewhere and you go down next year and there's just... I mean, Glass you don't, everywhere. Well, you don't know how long ago it happened, yeah. but it had shattered, and there's just, like, dried beer on the wall <laughs> everywhere, and you're like, well, there goes that thought. Yep. <laughs> well, that's our beer of the week this week. It is the Double Mountain Brewed IPA. It is as IPA-y, or, I mean, sorry, as champagne-y as I would have thought it would be. Ooh, bridge beer. You're um, a wine drinker? You're a wine champagne drinker? Maybe. 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 There's not a lot a beer character in this where I think that they would be like, hey. Now I like beer. Now I like beer. I think they'd be like, this tastes like a little bit of a slightly different champagne. And they'd be like, okay, cool, thanks. And then they'd try an IPA and they'd be like, yeah, no, I can't do this. <laughs> okay, that's probably, to me, that's fair probably enough. how it would go. Uh, so that's our beer of the week this week. Thanks so much for listening again, by the way. Subscribe, rate, review wherever you found us and chat with us on social media. Not sure what we're doing next week quite yet, but I'm sure 
it will be interesting when we figure it out. Trust us, because so far we've been pretty interesting, and I'm pretty proud about that. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Deuces. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.